Good evening. Will everybody please take out their Bibles and open it to Matthew 4? <clears throat> Matthew 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. <clears throat> then the devil took him to the holy city and had, and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put your Lord, your God, to the test. Again, the devil took him to the high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. All this I will give you, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. All right, so it's... Uh, Praise God, we, our media uh, did not fail tonight. Praise God. Um, we are constantly experiencing attacks, right, every Sunday. If it's not the sound system, it's the media. If it's not the media, it's me. <laughs> so maybe it'll be me tonight. But I entitled our message tonight, God's Love Through His Word. So we're, we're going to close out our God's Love series tonight. And it is... My goal in this whole series is to emphasize and to reiterate or to remind some of you or maybe most of you about the love of the Lord for us in, in different ways and different manner. Um, what we just read has been, you know, you've seen and you've heard many messages about this particular message. And it's, um, but tonight we're going to be talking about God's love through His Word. Uh, if somebody could please tell the security ministry somebody's car alarm is going off in the back and hear it. <laughs> I'm colorblind, so my other senses are, are heightened. Um, so our, the first point is that we have an enemy. right? We, we've been discussing this for many weeks, but we do have an enemy. So I just want to go through it real fast with you guys. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Matthew 4.1, right? The devil. This is one of the most popular names for this personage. It only appears in the New Testament. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The devil literally means slanderer. Satan is called this because he slanders both God and humanity in the Garden of Eden. Right? He slanders... He slandered and he continues to slander God's character to us and to the world. Then that's the truth. That's his main goal. His main goal is to destroy and to lie about who God is, what God's intention is to us and to the world. 
Now, if you have believed that there is no devil, you have fallen to his trap. Uh, you know, slander is such a big deal. Um, you know, in Proverbs 6, 16 to 19, the, what, the, what the Lord hates, it reads, The Lord hates six things. In fact, seven are detestable to him. Arrogant eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that plots wicked schemes, feet eager to run to evil, and verse 19, a lying witness who gives false testimony and one who stirs up trouble among brothers. Now, if God hates it, right? God's hate sin. Amen? Some of us probably think, you know, I, I don't sin anymore. I don't commit adultery. I stop gambling. I stop doing drugs. I stop doing all those big sins, right? We don't say big sins, but we have a category in our mind that we're no longer doing that, where I never did that. But there's this one favorite pastime of Filipinos. But I'm being told by other churches in other culture that it's really not just Filipinos. But the favorite pastime of Filipinos is chismes. That's right. We even have a show for it, right? We even have a show in the Philippines for it. The Buzz. I don't know if it's still around. We think it's harmless. We think it's harmless to talk about other people's lives and to make up stories about it. You know, we think it's harmless if we, because we're just, we're just saying, we're, because we're angry, we got hurt about somebody not saying or recognizing who we were or recognizing us. So we turn around and, and then we slander, right? You know, when we slander people, when we make, when we, 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 it's a sin. Make no mistake about it. It's a sin and God hates it. Amen? It is. I know. In Genesis 3, 2-4, remember, And the woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. And the serpent said to the woman, Surely you will not die. Right? The father of lies, the enemy, is the father of lies. John 8, 44, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So, if we're slandering and if we're lying, we're acting like the devil. Amen? Yeah, we might not like it, but it's the truth. Right? We might not like it, but it's the truth. There's a ton of lessons that we can get and learn from the temptation, the temptation of our Lord Jesus. And the one thing is that we have a ferocious, a formidable, a conniving smart, very intelligent enemy. And it pays for us to truly recognize this. Because we think, oh, you know, it's just a simple thing, you know, I'll just say this and then God, I'm saved by grace anyway. So who cares if I make up a story about this church to that church, this pastor to that pastor, this Christian to this Christian, right? This ministry leader to this ministry leader. Right? We, we have to be careful because we're falling into the trap of the enemy, and the enemy loves that. He loves to stir up dissension through lies, to break up the unity. And if we're acting like that, we're acting as we play for him. We're in his team. Make no mistake about it. The only thing that we Christians should be spreading is the gospel. Amen? Amen. Yep. Yep. That's the truth. You know, remember this? 
The greatest trick of the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. First lie. It's not me, it's you. <laughs> Did you hear that in the breakup uh, line? It's not me, it's you. First lie. The devil's lie. So we're going to go through the temptations of, of, of Jesus, what he went through. But the body, the, the, the main essence of our message tonight is that God's love is seen and is felt by his word in his word. Amen? Okay. Amen. What is a temptation? The, temptation, the first temptation is the temptation of the appetite. But what is a temptation? According to Charles Stanley, uh, temptation can be defined as an inducement to do evil. Three powerful forces to work together to ruin a believer's character and witness. Satan, the world system, and our own lustful flesh tendencies. That's what a temptation is. And you know, if you are tempted, you didn't sin by being tempted. If you give in to the temptation, that's when you sinned. That make sense? You know what? What I just remembered, I haven't prayed yet. Um, please join me. <laughs> please join me in a word of prayer, and then we'll get to our first point. Father, we thank you for your sovereignty, for bringing all of us together tonight in this building, in this building of yours with your people, in this body of believers that you've chosen for us to become a part of. We thank you for the songs that we sang to get our hearts and our minds ready. Father, we thank you for the singers, the instrumentalists tonight and the other nights, Lord God, that constantly serves you in this church. May your blessings be upon them. We thank you for the people in the background, Lord God, who make sure that we have the program, the chairs are clean, the floors are clean, the kitchen, the bathrooms are clean. Father, bless them. Guide us, Father. Be, be, be pleased with us tonight. And now, Father, as, as we study your word, we ask for your Holy Spirit, the true teacher, to teach us, Father, to reveal to us whatever it is that you want us to accept and know. Humble us, Lord God. Don't, don't let our pride, Father, get in the way. Let us accept it and receive it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So that's what a temptation is. And this is the first temptation that Jesus went through, the temptation of the appetite, right? Now, during his time, just imagine this real quick. Now, this is, this is very tough, I'm imagining, for Filipinos. To go on the fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, no food and no water, right? You know, it's been said if two or three Filipinos are gathered together, food is in their midst. <laughs> right? That's Joe 242. <laughs> All right? There's always food. And we can't last a Bible study or a, a prayer service or just even when we're working. There's always food, right? Imagine Jesus went through this for 40 days. No food, no water. Imagine it for an hour. Can you imagine it? This is why it gave birth. The, the word hangry came out, right? You're hungry and you're angry. Because it's been an hour that you haven't eaten yet. Correct? Imagine, because hunger, hunger bothers not just physically, it, it hurts us emotionally. Correct? Yes, if you haven't fasted for a while, I suggest that you do, but talk to your, your doctor first if it's healthy for you. But it's, you will feel it because you're, you're, you're neglecting yourself of the satisfaction of the need to eat it because it's right there. It's right there. And you know, fasting is good because it gives you the practice to say no 
even when you can. Right? Because that's the temptation of sin. The temptation of sin is it's being offered to you. And it's your option to say yes or no. So when you fast, it gives you that practice and exercise. But with Jesus, 40 days. Imagine. And, you know, the first temptation is to turn the stone into bread. And that temptation is actually Satan essentially saying, don't trust your father to take care of you. You're hungry. You might as well take care of yourself. Turn these stones into bread. Now, just the, if you're hungry, just the thought or the word bread, right? They, they told us, they told me, Anna, to, Anna told me, stop going, doing the grocery when you're hungry because you buy everything. <laughs> it's true. I'm like, oh, this looks good. That looks good. That looks good. It's just because I was hungry. So I never did, did that again after $800 of Costco thing. I was like, don't go there hungry. And imagine 40 days and then you're being tempted. And Jesus knows he can turn that, that stone into, into bread. He has all the power to do so. But that's not the time for him to do it. There was, he, that, he did not come here to be served, but to serve. And then second, Jesus used his knowledge of the scripture to defeat the lies of Satan. Right? And we can do the same. We can do the same thing. When Satan tempts us and harasses us, we are to call on scriptures. We are not to argue with him. You're evil. No, I'm not. No, you use a verse. You use a verse. Call out a verse. You know, God cares for us when we are hurt. And He knows that we are hurting when we are being tempted. Did, did you guys miss that? God knows when, and He cares when we're hurting. And He knows that we are hurting when we, we're being tempted. Now, we might feel inwardly or outwardly damaged by others. And by the temptation. But that in no way makes us less wanted by God. Do we, we've, been we've been discussing His love. And I know, hopefully, it has secured your love. His love for you has been secured tremendously in your heart. That you can trust Him and you can trust in His love. It has nothing to do, His love has nothing to do with what we do for Him. Because He loves us. He, we love because He first loved us. Now we experience the love of God during the trials, during temptations, because of the Bible. We know this because of the Bible. God's love for us is written down. We know about it because it was written down. It was preserved throughout the ages despite the many attacks and opposition from other forces, Satan number one, and the other faiths that's been trying to get rid of the Bible for us. But for many centuries, it still stands. Amen? Because it's His love written down. It's His love letter. Do you, for those of you who are... Uh, you know, you like uh, romantic comedies, or this is not a romantic comedy, but this is a love, love story, the no notebook. Remember the notebook, the scene? The whole essence of no the notebook is because the wife has Alzheimer's, right? And the husband is reading their story to them. And the, he wrote it down for them to remember. And every time there's a moment there as, as he reads their love story, she will remember who she is. She remembers her husband. And all of a sudden, they're just following, they're back in love, right? Right? That, that. 
how we could wish that they were younger when that happened, but they were really older at that scene. You know, when you forget that God doesn't love you, go read your Bible and you will be reminded of his love for you. If you're forgetting on, oh, you know what? God hasn't answered my prayers for, for, for many nights now, for many days now. Go read your Bible and you will be reminded of his love for you. You know, the world tells us, there's this thing in the world, the eat, pray, love. Remember that? The philosophy uh, that uh, embraces concepts of, per, it's perfect for the postmodern society. Um, it basically says that God lies within the person and self-forgiveness is the road to enlightenment. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how many people you hurt as long as you're happy in the end. Right? Uh, it fits well to the me-first attitude of the world. Now that's another lie of the enemy that has been, been spread out. And there, there was a movie about Eat, Pray, Love, about the book, and the story focuses on self-gratification, self-fulfillment, and self-discovery. It's all about self. It's all about me. Now, even though there are times when there's a, a self-abdication, it, it, it's, needed to get, it's needed to get to the finish line. The, the, the concept, the philosophy of eat, pray, love is all selfishness. You do you. Whatever makes you happy, that's what you do. But we see in Jesus' time, in the temptation of Jesus here, what would make him happy right there? Like physically, without thinking about his father? Eat. Right? Just eat it, and then you'll be fine. But no, God knows, Jesus knows, that there are, there, there's more things, right? Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word of God. Now, the sub-point for this first point is that we have, we can trust God. Amen? See, when we give in to our temptation, or the temptations that we're, that's being given out to us, especially when it comes to our appetite, is we don't trust God. We don't trust God. Um, in Philippians 4, 11 to 13, not, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to, be, how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. This is Paul, Paul speaking about contentment, not about making three-pointers in your basketball game. This is Paul telling us that contentment is from God. And the only way that a person can truly be content in this life is by the help, with the help of God. Now, doing... Okay, feel free to turn the, the slides for me if I'm missing my, my clicker. Um, the pain of being hungry for a day, we can never probably... We can probably understand it because we're too busy for, with work and, and stuff at the house. But a week... Hunger for a week and thirst, 40 days. The physical strain, the mental strain. Jesus went through that. And then what did he say? Man does not live on bread alone. He tells us that any, anything that this world offers us cannot match 
will not fill our appetite. Only the words of God can truly satisfy a person. Now in Matthew 6, 31-33, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. Do you trust God? Four people, sure. Good. I'm glad that the four people trust God. Because if we trust God, you know what we do? When it comes to work, when it comes to working too much, if we don't trust God, we will continue to work too much. Because we think, I have to save up for my retirement. I have to save up for my retirement. But God is already saying, I've provided for you. What I provided you for you for the day is enough. Right? My grace is sufficient for you. Right? When, when He provided the manna right, to the Israelites, what did He say? Collect for the day. Collect for the day, except for the day before Sabbath. But some people didn't want to listen. They collected for three days. <laughs> when God tells us, serve me and me alone, and what, would, what do we say? But the overtime, Lord, <laughs> overtime. I, 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 got, I got bills to pay. And God says, trust me, I gave you that job. Didn't you pray for that job? Didn't I give you that job? So why worry now? We say, oh Lord, because I have bills. The house, didn't I give you that house? Who's going to pay for that house? House is. Oh, there you know, you're in trouble. <laughs> right? What's, you know, a 3,000 square foot home looks the same with a 1,200 square foot home. You know, they all look the same. When you're sleeping, it all looks the same. <laughs> Do you need 3,000 square feet? No. You just need your bed. We need to trust God. When God says this is enough, that's enough. Amen? When God says, come serve me on a Sunday, serve him on a Sunday. There's only one day. You can work six days if you want. But there's one day that he says, come, praise and worship me, for I provided you the strength to work. I gave you your work. I gave you your children. I, you, you still have your family because of me. Come, praise and worship me on a Sunday. Now, it, the issue is that we have blurred the lines between need and want. It's been so blurry because we have no contentment. We are never satisfied. Most of us, we watch too much TV. We're so much of a consumer. There's not enough. There's, you're never going to have the latest. You know why? Because they keep changing it. It's a moving target. So when God says, give to me, <laughs> we give to Him. We don't say, I Lord. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> no, we give to Him because everything is His. The second point, temptation. The second point, the second temptation was to avoid God's will. What was the God's will for Jesus? When the devil, the devil misused the scriptures here. Because 
These, in these verses, the enemy being a liar, he misuses the scriptures. And then whenever we misuse a scripture, it's because we're making it to serve our purpose. What the enemy is trying to do here is tempting Jesus to avoid the cross altogether. He's saying, you want people to believe you? Just jump off and then you'll make a spectacle when you're not going to fall. Bring your angels to get you and then boom, you're floating, right? And then people will say, oh, hallelujah, this is the God. There's no more cross. Then what did, he, what did Jesus say? Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Now if Jesus did what Satan told him, he would have avoided the excruciating pain that he had to go through on the cross. But it would have derailed God's purpose to save us from our sin against them, against him. Right? So Jesus trusts his Father, and Jesus knows his purpose, and Jesus knows, and we should know, that we have to read the scriptures accordingly based on the context it's written down. And that we have to live our lives according to God's will as it's written down. In Matthew 27, 40-44, Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, if you are the Son of God, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders also mocked Jesus. He saved others. They scuffed, but he can't save himself. So he, so he is the king of Israel, is he? Let him come down from the cross right now, and we will believe in him. He trusted God, so let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. Now, even the revolutionaries who were crucified with him ridiculed him in the same way. What, why am I sharing this? Because here's another, they're testing God. We will believe you if. Have you shared the gospel to people and they said, well, you know, if God will appear here now, here and now, yeah, I'll believe him. I had friends that said that. Right? I, I've done uh, a funeral service here at church and uh, one of the guests there after the service comes to, came to me and he goes, you know, that was a great sermon, but I really cannot believe in a God who would let a 14-year-old loving girl die. Which he was talking about his daughter. Now, as heartbreaking as that was, our emotions have nothing to do with who God is. Even if we don't agree to many evil things that's happening in the world, if we are to say there's no God, why is that being blamed against Him? Because most of the atheist people that I hear and speak to, they will tell me, well, how can you believe in a God that lets rape happen? And I'm saying, do you believe that there's a God? No. So why are you believing in a God that's not there? Either there is a God or there is not a God. Now the evil that's been happening here is because the devil is running the show right now, right? To a certain degree. 
because he cannot, he has to run it by God. Amen? Go again, read Job, right? If you read Job, Satan was asking for permission and God would allow it. So he only has control to a certain degree, but it's still God ultimately. And if you are a believer, if you are a believer, nothing that happens to us, oh, everything that happens to us, God knows it's for our own good. So do you trust God? You do, right? So everything that happens to us is for our own good. Now, there's a, when you mis, misuse the scriptures, just like the name it, claim it people, uh, they think they can change God's mind, right? They use the verses as a magic spell, like an abdakadabra, she's boomba, right? And boom, I want to be rich. They think they can coerce God. They think they can divert His will. But in Jesus, with Jesus, when He was tempted, go jump off this hill and let the angels save you. And He said, Thou shalt not test the Lord your God. Now, how many times did we test God by asking Him something that we know is quite unreasonable for us to even ask? Like, for the students here, you did not study, and then the test comes on Friday, and you're praying, right? Lord, help me pass the test. Lord, please let your miracle happen. My algebra is here, Lord. It's in my midst, Father. You move the Red Sea. You can give me the answers to this. You know, you, you lost your self-control and you went gambling and you lost all your money. Now you have to go home and your wife's there waiting for the money so you can pay for the mortgage. And your prayer's like, Lord, let my wife be blind. <laughs> We test God for unreasonable things. Well, that we already know it's not, it's it, it's not going to happen. It shouldn't happen. God should not answer this prayer of mine. Because with this prayer, it's, uh, it's, it's letting my greed continue to go on. With this prayer, it's letting my lust for money continue to go on. My lust for material things to continue to go on. My, my, my pride continue to go on. Because... If we say, when we end our prayer by saying, but let your will be done, right? That's us trusting God, saying, Lord, I might have asked something that's not correct. And it might not be according to your will. So, Lord, let your will be done. I know that's the right way to pray, most of us. But do we really accept that line? and are surrendered to the result of that. Which brings us to our third, the third temptation, the temptation of the good life. In verses 8 to 10, uh, Satan, again, the, the liar, Satan, you know what's the, what the worst truth, uh, lie is? It's half truth and half lie. That's the worst kind of lie. And Satan here tells a few more lies to Jesus. Uh, one, him offering the kingdoms here on earth. Because it wasn't for Satan to give. He was just, God just allowed him. God gave it to him for a little while. But it wasn't for him to give to God, to Jesus. But he says, God's. 
That's the first lie. Um, for now, believers, us believers, we find ourselves in the middle of a system um, over which we have no direct control whatsoever. If we look at the world right now, it is completely against our faith. Amen? If you're not convinced, you have taken a different pill. There is the red pill and the blue pill. Remember that movie? <laughs> Time for you to take the red pill. There's it, it, so many lies. There's so many disturbing laws that's being passed that is completely against God. And we have to understand that we have to bring ourselves back to the truth by reading God's word. That's why every response of Jesus was bringing the devil back to the word of God. Because there, that's an immovable, immovable thing. All these lines in this world will continue to move. The good and the bad determined by the world will continue to move. It depends on what the popular thinking is. But for the Word of God, it maintains. It stays. Remember, during the time of Jesus, the, the faith seemed to be radical because the, the conservatives were so strict. Right? They, were, they, 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 they did not like women. And the women's testimony, they could care less about. And what did Jesus do? He always spoke to women and we, he showed himself to a woman first. Whose testimony cannot be accounted for in, in the court of law. So it seemed to be so radical. So now the word is so radical, the, the, law of the, the, the word of the Lord seems to be conservative. Right? So it's neither, it's neither to the left or to the right. Which is why some of you, you think I'm too Republican. Some of you think I'm too Democrat. <laughs> and if I'm doing that, I'm doing a good job. <laughs> now, Satan clearly has been given a measure of authority on this earth. The world system as we know it runs according to his design. Remember Ephesians 2.2? 2, 2? Therefore, the wisdom, the wisdom believers receive from God looks like foolishness to the world, because it is so fundamentally different from the world's wisdom. That's 1 Corinthians 1, 21-25. Now Satan prodded Jesus to prove his own power by saving himself from a fall. Satan offered pleasure, prestige, and power. Jesus withstood the temptation. In this scenario, we can see that Satan knew when and where to punch the hardest so that it could hurt the worst. Satan is the greatest bully of all time. Doesn't that happen to you? At your worst shape, that's when he comes in. Right? At your worst emotional state, that's when Satan comes in. And mind you, Satan does not come in an ugly red suit with horns and a tail. No. Satan comes as a good-looking, six-foot-six stud. You're like, hello, nurse. Where have you been all my life? Right? It comes. You get tempted because he's attractive or she's attractive. Or the job becomes so enticing. How much per hour? 
but I have to work on a Sunday and a Wednesday. You know what? I can, I can join them online. <laughs> we, we can start justifying it, right? Oh, you know what? Did you? Yeah, he called me as a pastor, but how much are you going to pay me? I've served him for seven years. I think I'm good to go, right? I mean, there are certain things that we know that Satan hits us when we're at our lowest. Because he's a bully. He knows. Again, last week I said that when he tempts us to sin, he says it in, in a very, you know, very minor thing. Like, come on. It's just one time. Oh, it's only $500. Who cares? But then when you fall and you sin and he condemns you, shame on you, you hypocrite. That's what a Christian is. I can't believe you. You should just quit now. Now our Lord was tempted by the enemy to live a comfortable life. And to abandon his calling. By this. I will give you the, the kingdoms of this world. Don't go to the cross anymore. Why? For these people that constantly hurt you. And ridicule you. So but Jesus, Jesus took Jesus responded, right, by saying, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to continue. I'm going to be, I'm going to take the insults. I'm going to wear the, the, the crown of thorns. I'm going to go to the cross. Why? Because I hate myself? No, because he loves us. He did that because he loves us. He abandoned a good life, right, in heaven to come down to be born in a manger, to be a nobody. Why? Because He loves us. Because of His love for us. Now God's love in temptation is in His Word. You know when we're tempted, it's a test. Right? For us. When God, God sends us trials, God doesn't send us temptations. Right? I'm going to continue to say that because it can be misused. Right? Imagine a pencil. If you guys, uh, I haven't seen a pencil for a while, like a brand new pencil, but I remember when, when I was in elementary, uh, the first day of school, that's the best, right? In the Philippines, you smell the, the plastic wrapping in your notebook. You know that smell? And then the new smell of the paper, and I always go like this, oh man, this smells good. And then the pencil, they look so good. Brand new pencil, right? Number two. But can you use the pencil without sharpening it? No. Sadly, the only way you can use that nice pencil is you have to sharpen it. Sometimes I like just sharpening it, and then my mom will get mad, like, oh man, it's now down to the eraser. But the only way for you to use the pencil is you have to sharpen it. You have to ruin the original structure so that you can get to the lead so it can be used. Do you know it's the same thing for us? Us Christians, in order for us to improve in our faith, in order for us to improve in our walk with the Lord, God brings us trials. God brings us trials. In order to stretch our spiritual muscles. Do we really, have we really learned it? How do you know you've really learned it? When you're put to the test. Now Satan sends temptations to discourage us and to ruin our faith. To condemn, to condemn us. Now, here's a verse. Um, Hebrews 4.12 
All right. For the word of God is living and active, sharpening than any ed two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and the discerning the thoughts of, and intentions of the heart. God's love for us is demonstrated on the cross through the perfect sacrifice that our Lord Jesus has done. Now, how do we know this? Because we heard it from someone, right? And then we accepted it. And then, how do we keep remembering this other than hearing it? Through reading our word. The people that teaches us the Bible, they read the Bible. And, and if, we have, if we are learning from the people that are teaching us, we have to read the Bible as well. For if we can learn something from what God went through, from what Jesus went through to his temptations, is that he addressed all temptations by serving and uh, by, by answering with a Bible verse. Now, as lovely and as meaningful as John 3.16 is, I know everybody memorized that, right? That's just not good enough to battle some temptations in life. Right? When your greed is being tested, when your greed for money is being tested, I don't think John 3.16 will help you. Right? Joe, there's this $25,000 on a weekly basis. You just have to be a street pharmacist again. You're like, $100,000 a month? Right? For God so loved the world. No, I don't think, I don't think it fits. Right? I don't think it fits. We have to, you have to study your word. You have to, in your quiet time, you have to learn. What is it? What promise of God speaks and addresses this struggle of mine where the enemy constantly attacks me? Because the temptations that come our way is from our lustful desires. Because the enemy studies us, right? That's what is written down in James. The temptation that comes to us is because those are the things that we are weak on and, and by. Is it recognition? Is it, oh, the whisper is going to come in. You did not get the recognition again from Pastor Joe. What? How dare he? <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going to a different church. Right? I mean, we have to, is that, or, or should we go, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live for Him, who loved me and gave Himself for me. Galatians 2.20. Right? Shouldn't you, should, that, that, should, that helps you, I think, if that's your struggle. Now, if, if, if it's money, Right? You're, gonna, you're constantly working. You're two jobs, three jobs, four jobs, or, or one job, but seven days a week. And you have to say, seek Him first, the kingdom of God. Seek Him first. Right? I have to seek Him first. Because all these things are being added to me. I have all these things anyway. Now, God's love is written down. So the question is, do you read your word? I know, it's 2022, right? It's February, we're almost done. Oh, by the way, did you know on February 31, it's free to go to World, uh, the Walt Disney? World? Yeah, it's free. You guys should go. <laughs> okay, they're getting it now. Good, good. I think everybody got it. All right, so 
No, we have to, we have to give time. No, when you're reading your word, when you're doing your quiet time. I mean, if you love somebody, church, when you love someone, don't you want that someone to pay attention to you? Women say amen. <laughs> yes. Men, are you listening? Amen. What? <laughs> we have to pay attention to them, right? And we want them to pay attention to us. Now, I don't know how much Warren Buffett is getting paid now to have lunch with him. But did you know that he, it was to the millions to have two-hour or three-hour lunch with him? And you could just pick, pick his brain, pick his brain. Now, if you paid millions of dollars for Warren Buffett, are you going to be distracted? <laughs> I'll tell you, for us Filipinos, no, no. Filipinos will do it this way. All right, all right hold on, Warren. Let me start recording. Go. You know what? How do I make money? <laughs> and you continue. Like you're just writing it down. You're taking notes. You're having an audio. And you're just like consuming it. And you're enjoying it because you spend a good, good amount of money, right? Yeah. But when it comes to God who tells us, I have, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. We say, oh, I know Jeremiah 29, 11. I can just roll it down all the way to retirement. Back to the Philippines. Yay, yay. Right? No more. That's all I need. John 3, 16, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, Jeremiah 29, 11. I'm saved. I'm rich. I'm wealthy. I'm happy. I'm healthy. What happened to Matthew 28, 19? Go and make disciples of all nations. What happened to becoming holy? Be holy just like I am holy. What happened to that? Oh, wala na yun, Lord. Wala na yun. Saved by grace. We have to, it, it's a lost art, memorizing Bible verses, because we think our iPhone's going to be there all the time, right? Google it. I, I don't know. No, it's, it's not so we can show off or brag. It's for our own benefit. Did you see? If Jesus, God himself, Quoted verses when he was being tempted. Do you really think you can battle against the devil without knowing any verses? Oh, and then we wonder why we fall. I don't know why I fell. I know. There's not enough time with the Lord. There's not, you don't love God that much. Because if you love Him, you will just spend time with Him. Now, you can't be doing your devotions and, 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 then, and then on your Facebook or Instagram or TV or watching a game. It has to be full attention. And, it, and it's not to just so you can go through the Bible and say, and you can raise your hand when I ask the question, who here has finished the Bible? <laughs> but if you did not understand, did not meditate it, right? Meditate on it. We have to. There's so many things. It's critical. It's critical. It's important. Now, Elon Musk, right? I used this before, but Elon Musk was asked, why did you keep doing what you did, you know, with the SpaceX failing three times, he almost went bankrupt. And the, the newscaster goes, why did you keep doing it? You know what he said, right? He said, if, because it's important. If it's that important, one must push for it. So maybe you don't think, you have to ask yourself, do I really think that it's good for me to know God's word? And if we're ready, are we ready, guys? Let's just watch this. I've shown this before, but I want to watch it again for you guys. Us together. These are 
Chinese Christians receiving their Bible for the first time. You know, folks, maybe we have too much bread in this country. Maybe we have too much bread. We eat too much, too many buffets in this city. That when we pray, Lord, thank you for this food, we're just really trying to get it done so we can eat again. Maybe we have too much comfort in this, this country that we, we don't even recognize what need is versus want anymore. Maybe because of all the blessings that God has given us, we've forgotten to spend time with Him. Maybe because the blessings became more important than the blesser, We've neglected to spend time with Him and read His Word. Did you see them? This is what we need. When was the last time you opened your Bible just so you can spend time with Him and hear from Him? When was the last time? Compared to, when was the last time? Because I wonder if I should get that red car or the blue car. Right? Maybe it's the blessings, too much blessings. Now, in 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, you see, it reads, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Now, this is to the pastor, but this is, we're all, we all have our ministries. The Scripture is God's Word, and His love is there. If God did not love us, we will not have it. it. Since we have it, right? it's His proof of His love for us that we can continue to carry on and read through it and hear Him speak to us. Now, Many years ago in a Moscow theater, matinee idol Alexander Rostovev was converted while playing the role of Jesus in a sacrilegious play entitled Christ in a Tuxedo. He was supposed to read two verses from the Sermon on the Mount, remove his gown and cry out, Give me my tuxedo and top hat. But as he read it, the two words, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. He began to tremble. Instead of following the script, he kept reading from Matthew 5, ignoring the cuffs, and calls and foot stamping of his fellow actors, finally recalling a verse he had learned in his childhood in a Russian Orthodox church, he cried, Lord, remember me when thou hast comest into thy kingdom. Luke 23, 42. Before the curtain could be lowered, Rostovev had trusted Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. 
You know, last night, or last Wednesday with my prayer group, uh, as my brother, brothers and I discussed the moments that we have doubted our faith and questioned God about certain things. Now, every person that shared the, their struggles, every one of them were able to overcome their struggle by this, by knowing the word of God for them. They shared the struggle, then they shared the verse that comforted them, that spoke to them, that, told, that God told them, you're okay. I got you. I'm in control. Now we took this evening to discuss God's love in His Word because through His Word is how we know that what we are to do. And this is in His Word. Is, it's written down how we are to approach temptations. Um, and it's according to his, his instruction. Who better else can tell us how to do things? than God himself. Amen? Let's take time to read his word. And, and Dustin read this earlier. Jeremiah 15, 16, it reads, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. There was a six-year-old boy that loved that movie. Um, uh, he, he loved a book from this author. So he wrote the author, uh, Where Wild Things Come. So the kid writes the author. And the author wrote him back because the, the author was so touched with the, the little boy's letter. So the letter was read by the mom to the boy, and the boy took that letter, and he ate it. He ate the letter because, I love it so much, mom. I don't want it to go anywhere. It's a true story. Do we love God that much that we eat His Word? That we swallow it, digest it? Maybe we need to recall and rethink and reconsider, reassess. Do I love you, Lord? And if the answer is, no, you don't love me that much, we have to pray, Lord, help me love you. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your message for us. We ask for forgiveness for our sins, Lord God, for the many times that we made our life about something else, Lord God, other than pleasing you and living for you. Forgive us, Lord, for the many times that we have succumbed to the temptation because we have lack of knowledge of you or lack of love and commitment to you. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we have failed you. But Lord, we are grateful for your Bible, your word, Lord God, that you have preserved for us and continue to give us. We thank you for the abundance of Bibles that, we in, that is in our, in our reach, Lord God. We thank you for this country that you've placed all of us in, Lord God, that we are freely, we are free to serve you. We are free to worship, free to worship you. I just pray, Father, we pray that our hearts, Lord God, will finally be consumed by you and by your word. We love you, Father. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. If you have any